Are you ready? We ready. We ready. We ready for y'all. Welcome to my podcast. We ready. The story of an inner city high school football coach and his attempt to affect the lives of young men in a positive way, while at the same time raising a family. Friday, October 30th, 2020. It's game day. Tonight, the Goldbacks enter undefeated into the section semifinals versus the Pine Bush Bushmen at 7 p.m. at Fowler Field in Middletown. The Goldbacks will pursue yet another sectional title. Game day. It's fall. We continue to battle this coronavirus. It's a dark, dreary fall day. There's a mist in the air and the temperature has fallen and the leaves continue to drop. Yes, it's game day once again. Go Goldbacks, beat the Bushmen. Some comments from last week's episode. A lot of feedback and a lot of congratulations to Coach Bianco for his fine interview last week. And there were many, many fond responses for Danny the Butterfly Washington. Keep those Correspondence is coming in. It's great to hear from you. Any questions, anything you'd like me to touch on the podcast, feel free. Just let me know. In today's episode, episode 8 of 11, I will try to tackle the topic of dealing with the noise. The attempts that a coach faces in dealing with difficult issues. There's a lot of noise out there for a quote displays that noise. I heard Greg Ciano the head football coach at Rutgers University, who just this past weekend led the Scarlet Knights to their first Big Ten victory over Michigan State. Coach Ciano said, every man on this planet believes that they can conquer two things. One, a grill. And two, They all think they can coach ball.
Today's dedication. I dedicate this episode to Mr. Charlie Rappel J, affectionately known as Mr. Rap. Mr. Rappel J has been the head of the NFA, that's the Newburgh Free Academy, football gridiron boosters club for over 40 years. He presently continues to serve in that role. Charlie Rappel J, who I met when I was age 11, was one of my football coaches in Pop Warner. Charlie has lived a life of selflessness in his volunteer work as not only a Pop Warner football coach, not only the NFA football Boosters Club president in which he served under five head coaches during that span of over four decades. Charlie was also a longtime teacher in the Newburgh City Schools. He's now retired from teaching, but he continues to serve others. Charlie never missed a day of work for the first 30-plus years of teaching. Those of you who know Mr. Rappel J know that he was always behind the scenes. He was never one for the limelight. And some of you may not even know who he is. That's how passive and quiet he was. The only thing Charlie would say to me during the week, Coach, what do you need? And it was always there. Charlie led the boosters in delivering so many fine extras for the young men of our program. Mr. Rappel J, this episode is dedicated to you for all you've done. For all those team meals, for all those end-of-season banquets, for all the fundraisers that we had that you led, I'll never forget you, and I congratulate you for your continued good work and all of your efforts in being a leader of our outstanding Boosters Club. God bless you, Charlie. Today's team meeting, dealing with the noise. My mother had a saying as she'd be tugging her ear. My ears are ringing. Somebody must be talking about me. That reminds me of what it's like to be a coach, to be in a position of leadership, walking around and knowing that a decision that you made is not always popular and that there is going to be noise 
I learned very early on in coaching. I was coaching Little League. And a good friend of mine, his son, was on one of the opposing teams. And we were getting ready to pick the All-Stars, and I was chosen to be the All-Star coach. And each coach for each individual team had to nominate two players to represent their team as All-Star candidates. We had a couple of practices. I picked the team. And when the roster was posted... I got a nasty phone call from the wife of my friend and she chewed me out. And she didn't didn't even let me give a response. And she just told me how blankety-blank I was. And before I could even respond, I just decided, let some time go by, let it cool down. There's probably nothing I can say except the truth. And when I saw my my buddy, he was really upset. And finally I said, listen, let me explain. First of all, your son wasn't nominated because your son told his coach that he was playing travel soccer and that he wouldn't be able to make tryouts or make many of the All-Star games. Now, he may not have had that conversation with you, but he had that with his coach, and his coach relayed that to me, and I just assumed that he chose not to be a candidate. This is just one example of how things aren't always what they seem. And as coaches, we don't always have the opportunity to tell our side of it. One of the things that I feel is very important in a football program, or any program for that matter, is to make sure that the young men, your players, clearly understand the expectations of the program. And then make sure that their parents understand those expectations and that the teachers in the school understand them and that the administrators understand them so that everybody is on the same page. Every season, and as I said in earlier episodes, we began on February 1st. And the time between our last season... And our new season, I would sit down with every individual player and we would talk about his past season, how he did, the things that he needed to work on, the things that he did well, how he was doing in school, how are things going in his personal life, was he working, did he have any other hobbies, and we would talk about the expectations for the coming season. And there were times when I would say to a young man, you're probably not going to be on the first or second team based on 
our depth chart right now, you're probably going to be a scout team player. And I just, I just want to be honest with you and let you know that in case you want to decide to maybe go out for another sport or maybe get a job. You know, I, I, would, I would tell the young man I would love to have him on the program as long as he accepted his role. Now, our program was one that wasn't based on anything but objective performance. I would have a ranking for our players. And the number one objective in our program, the number one goal was to give our best effort. For I let it be known to the young men and to the parents that your effort is everything. Now, because you gave your best effort doesn't necessarily mean that you were talented enough to be a starter or perhaps even a second teamer, but that you could contribute to the program as long as you accepted your role. I never, ever would put a young man on the field based on anything except his performance. Now, as I said, I developed what I called a five-star ranking system for our players, and it really had nothing to do with talent. A five-star performer, a five-star player in our program was one that was always involved in the off-season strength and conditioning program, which was mandatory in our program was a quality young man who was respectful to others, who attended school on a regular basis, who treated others with respect, who was a great teammate. It had nothing to do with God-given talent. I would always tell the young men that if you were blessed with God-given talent, you should be grateful and humble you have nothing to do with that. What you, what you have everything to do with is how you develop those talents, your work ethic. I would sit down with the parents and we would have a meeting with the young men present and I would explain that this is about representing the community. And playing time is not guaranteed on Friday nights. Although a great Friday night is when we win and everybody gets to play. A good Friday night is when we win. I want to see everybody get on the field. But I would explain, this, this was not youth football. This was a varsity team and that playing time was based simply on talent with it a given that everybody is giving their best effort. If you're not giving your best effort, then you're not going to be on the field. One of the things I would tell parents 
who participated in the Boosters Club. And it was awkward at times. And I know people thought that I was maybe being a little harsh or not politically correct, but I would just come right out and say it. I thank you for your participation in the Boosters Club. The Boosters Club is about raising funds to give our players the extras. Because you're in the Boosters Club has nothing to do with your son's playing time. Please understand that. There are those who didn't quite get that. And made it very difficult for not only the young man, but for our relationship as shared members of the Boosters Club. There were times when a parent would feel that because they were in the Boosters Club, that somehow that meant that their child deserved a starting role. And that was unfortunate that they felt that way. I cannot tell you how many, how many people that I still see now going into a, a grocery store or, or passing in the post office when I'm over in Newburgh and they drop their head when they see me. And I feel bad to a point, but I would feel even worse if I played a young man just because their mom and dad were in the Boosters Club. I learned at a young age that we as coaches must have thick skin because everyone's going to question our decisions. Yes, we make bad calls. But sometimes we forget that our call is only as good as the execution that the young men exhibit on the field. I can recall there were times when a young man was coming through the program and he was a starter on the modified and, and, and the JVs. And when they got to the varsity, they didn't quite develop as well as maybe someone else. And I can recall times when parents would call me and, and ask me why their son wasn't playing. And I would simply say, listen, first of all, I love your son. He's giving his best effort. But there's someone at his position that has beaten him out. And he needs to continue to work. And if his number is called, I expect him to give his best effort. There was a time when a young man was, was a rising junior in in his mind, and in his parents' mind, he was going to be the starter. He got beaten out. 
And that whole season, if looks could kill, I could tell you I'd been dead. Well, anyway, now we're going into a senior season, and he definitely believes he's the starter, and so do his parents. And the parents start being nice to me again. And I'm being cautious because I'm not sure if the young man can beat the now rising JV player who's going to be a junior. And this young man is going to be a a rising senior and has these expectations to start. Anyway, you probably can figure out how this ends up. The junior beats out the senior. And now the parents are livid. The father starts coming to practice with a video camera. And he's going to film practices. And he's going to prove to me that his son is better. This was a bad situation. And one that I share because... Again, perception many times is reality. It was one day that this dad was filming the practice and I walked over and I said, Sir, what are you doing? You you can't be here at practice filming. And he said, Coach, I'm going to film the practice so I can show you that my son is better than so-and-so. I said, sir, what you are doing is you're embarrassing your son and you're giving the perception to the other kids that because you're here, that you're somehow going to intimidate me to make your son the starter. I said, now... Even if your son becomes better than the present starter, I have to make a a difficult decision because of what others will think. I said, sir, you need to go home. You're making a mistake. There are so many stories of the noise that's out there. And I share again so that you young coaches out there, you make sure that you understand whether you're, you know, a new school coach, you know, where where everything is, you know, lubby dubby and and you want the kids to like you and you'll let them call you by your last name and instead of calling you coach Chatham you let them call you Chatham you let them talk to you like like they're they're one of their buddies and and things that they would say uh, that are inappropriate to an adult are you middle school coach a middle school coach can kind of go either way. You know, the player's coach. Are you old school and you demand respect and you expect the players to understand 
that you as the coach have a responsibility to hold the young men accountable What's best for the program is not always looked at as being what's best for the young man. I always talk about we, not I. I always talk about the dinner table. And is there conversation at the dinner table that's honest and fair? Or is it Always about the coaches not being fair. He's not giving me an opportunity. In our program, the young men always knew where they stood. And I would always give them opportunities to challenge the starter if they were a backup. But what would happen at home is his parents didn't quite accept that Johnny was not a starter. And Johnny was embarrassed to tell the truth. There are times when when parents will do almost anything to cover up for their child. You've all heard the stories of the rich and famous lying and cheating to try to get their children into these prestigious colleges. How dare they do that? It's unbelievable that that they'd be able to look their child in the face knowing that they were trying to get something that they didn't earn. There are times when, as a coach, we hear the noise from many different areas. From the newspapers, there are times when a newspaper reporter will criticize you for letting go of a player, and they, and they don't even know the whole story, but you as a coach have an obligation to keep some things in-house. So you're better off sometimes with the no comment as opposed to telling the whole story, and you got to take that hit as a coach. There are times when you're hearing noise from other coaches, other coaches in your district, other coaches in your league, criticizing you for a decision you made. There are times when you hear the noise from every angle. And you go to bed at night and you question sometimes your decisions. There are times when some of your decisions can break your heart. But you know it's the best. There was a time when I had a young man who was stealing. He was going through lockers of his teammates and and as I said in previous episodes, we, we had a thing about honesty and respect and, and we would not allow someone to steal from someone. And 
I just happened to be walking through the locker room one night as we were getting ready to leave, and there there he was. The young man was actually an All-State football player, and and he was going through someone's belongings and uh, broke my heart to have to let him go. But I knew it was right, and he needed to learn a lesson. And... Um, it wasn't a popular decision within the community. I heard a, little, a lot of noise about that as well. You know, when do you give someone a second chance? This was probably the, the fourth chance that I gave this young man. Um, he just never learned his lesson. I can go on and on about noise. There are times as a coach that we make decisions... about playing time. Sometimes you ride the hot hand. In my last year as the head coach, in my last game as the head coach at Newburgh Free Academy in the fall of 2008, I had a quarterback controversy in the previous game in the section semifinals. I had a young man who led us to probably the greatest comeback in the history of the school, and I'll, and I'll talk about that more in a future episode, but we were sharing time with two quarterbacks at the time, and this, this one quarterback <clears throat> led this rally, and... We won this ball game in unbelievable fashion. And now we're going to be in the section final the next week. And I felt it was in the best interest of the team to ride this hot hand. And the backup for that game obviously didn't feel that way, and neither did his dad. I heard a lot of noise from that. Again, we oftentimes have to make decisions that may not be popular, but that we feel are right. And in this case, gave us the best chance to win the ball game. I think as coaches, we need to sometimes listen closely to the noise. I think sometimes we need to muffle it. Right now! In our next episode, episode 9, the X's and the O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's. In our next episode, we will talk about team building character development, how to be a consistent winner, both on and off of the field. Continue to be safe. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And go Goldbacks.